0: Today's podcast covers some sensitive material, so if you're listening near young ears, you may want to put on earbuds or find them a task in another room. Welcome to the Syncopator Familius Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Richter, and I have a guest co-host today, my wife, Laura Axelrod, and we are happy to have a guest today, Tisha Nixon. An author of a wonderful book that Laura has read, and Laura uh, wants to do like a quick, a quick, uh, a, a quick uh, a book review. A little bit of tell us a little bit about what what you read first, or first. Well, first, let's let uh, Tisha tell us a little bit about herself. Yeah. Actually, tell us tell us a little bit about your background, Tisha.
1: Hi, my name is Tisha Nixon. I'm married uh, to a pastor. I have four children, and we have three grandchildren. And I wrote my book back in 2016, December 2016, because the Lord asked me, had told me, he told me to write that book. It's about my mother. Um, The name of the book is Victim to Victory, My Journey from Sex, Slavery, to Freedom in Christ. My mother sold me when I was 16 years old to a 37-year-old well. Known drug dealer,
0: and he beat and raped me for two years. Wow, this is—I mean, this is—it's a, a powerful book, and Laura has read the book, and she was just like, and I'm going to read the book now that Laura has read it because she came <laughs> in. I, I was working; is the only reason I haven't read it yet is I was doing—I was working a lot at the uh, at the past few days, and she was going to tell me basically a Cliff's Notes version of the book before we did the interview. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was so powerful that she basically just came in every five minutes and said, you got to hear this now. Now you got to hear this. <laughs> That's
2: true, actually. That's exactly what happened. I sometimes, in, you know, I'd finish half a chapter and would have to go, go in and tell him <laughs> what happened next. And I, you know, when I read Christian books, sometimes I'm I'm I kind of have low expectations, probably like a lot of people, because you think, oh no, what's this going to be like? And I'm not really from the evangelical part of religion, um, although I do believe in God. And when you're when I read your book, I was really blown away by it. I just really it really moved me. Uh, part of which because of my own personal experiences, but also how you explained things um you told not only what happened but every now and then it was sort of like you you broke from the story to sort of explain things on a deeper level not just you know it, it just i i just found there were so many it, it just really resonated with me and I'm, I'm i i'm feel like i'm having a hard time articulating because <laughs> it just really struck me on a deep level um i think your book as I've said to you, it crosses boundaries, it crosses cultural boundaries. You don't have to be from Alabama to get this book. You don't You don't have to be from the same culture, from the same region of the country. It just, it really speaks on on so many levels. And um, I really highly recommend this book to people, um, no matter really who they are. Maybe their belief in, in God is not there, or maybe it's just a small seed of a belief. Um, but I, I really... I, I just can't recommend this book highly enough.
0: All right. And and Tisha, if, whatever you just want to tell us about your story, just, I mean, it's like it's a very powerful story. Just whatever you want to tell us about it, please. Uh...
1: Well, like I said, my mother sold me when I was 16 years old to this older man that was a well-known drug dealer. And through the entire situation, I had... Um, I was covered. I had two grandmothers that when I was a child, they covered me in prayer. Um, I would go to church with them because my mother wasn't a church gore, so any church that I knew of, I knew through my grandmothers. But I didn't understand what the preacher would say. But I did understand the prayers that my grandmothers prayed over me. And they always covered me in the blood. So when I was going through this and by this time they had passed, all I can do is pray every day. God delivered me from this because no one else was. My mother, the one person that supposed to protect me, she sold me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they have to get the book because I have two grandmothers because I have two fathers. Yeah, It's a different, it's a unique situation. <laughs> and so one of my fathers was away in prison, he was locked up. Another father, he stayed in another state. But when he came home, he didn't protect me. Mm-hmm. He didn't say anything to the man, which was sitting right there with my mother at the table, and I was pregnant at the time with the son that I have. My oldest son is from this, from this rape. He didn't say anything to that man. He came straight to me and said, "You going back with me, and I'm gonna beat that babe out of you." Mm-hmm. And as a child, cause I'm a child, yeah. I'm like I'm already being beaten. I'm not going with you to get beaten some more. So at that point, he also t- turned around and said to me that I'm—he's dead to me. He's—I'm—you know—he has den- denied me. So I have my mother that sold me, my father that told me you know that he denounced me that I wasn't his child anymore. Mm. So when I had this man that was doing everything he wanted to me and that was a open door for him mm. because when I cried and I wanted to go want not to get out of this the first thing he would say to me because that's what the victimizers do. They first of all put the fear in you for beating you. Second they take over your mind so he said, no one love you but me because your mother sold you to me and your daddy denied you so no one wants you so you all you have is me mm. and as a child to go through that and knowing that every day i'm being beaten raped because i was a virgin mm. when he got me so to go through that you like okay god at that point i start questioning him what did i do why am I in this? Because my grandmothers, they were older women, and one was an Indian and one was an African-American, but both of them would say the same thing to me. They was from two different cultures and from two different areas, mm-hmm. but they both would say, well, when I was growing up, you know, bad things happen to bad people. So I was like, God, I know better now, but I was like, God, what did I do? I'm a child. Mm-hmm. Why am I going through this? Mm-hmm. And so I questioned him and i had to come to realize that i had to go through what i went through in order to be where i am yeah. and i had to go through because everybody has to go through their storm that had to be my storm because he knew that i was going to be in the ministry with my husband as a pastor and around people that has been raped and around the you know the poor and the drug and, and i had to be there to help them through it yeah mm-hmm. That was my purpose. I see it now, didn't see it then. And I fought God for it and blamed him, but I had to go back and say, God, I apologize because you know what you were doing because the whole entire time that I was going through this, all of the other young ladies that was around me, they were being um, sold off to other men they were being put on drugs so all the other men were having their turns with the the, the other young ladies but i was the only one that he didn't allow no one else to touch me just he he raped and beat me Uh, he didn't allow me to get on any drugs but he kept me around it he kept me under him when he was out selling drugs when we went out he kept me with him but god covered me even though i went through that situation i was still covered because i can look back now I actually saw one of the young ladies probably a couple of months ago. She's still on drugs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Another young lady died last year for overdose because she was still on drugs. Uh, a couple of girls not too long got out of prison, and some still oh, now is prostituting. So I just thank God that he covered me. He sent me through that. Mm-hmm. I would not want to go back through that, but I wouldn't change it now because it brought me to who I am today. Oh and i had to forgive my mother and him to move on and it took 13 years to do that that wasn't an easy task but after i did god elevated me and he blessed my life
2: in your book one of the quotes that i wrote down was i didn't really know what love was but i was searching for someone to love me so i was an easy target for men and i think you know a lot of women you know myself included uh experienced that and i was wondering if you could speak to that at all
1: yes because i was a i was a virgin uh, and he took my virginity i didn't have a chance to give myself to no man mm-hmm. and then he took it and raped me for two years and beating me for two years so and my mother and my father i felt they loved me so i was looking for love and so my grandmothers raised me that you never lay down with a man, give yourself to someone unless he marry you. I didn't understand that at that point. All I understood is if you want to have me, you have to marry me. And so every time I meet somebody, instead of dating them, they say they want to, and I say, you have to marry me. They would ask me to marry me, and and marry me, and I would say, yes, I do. So I was in and out of marriages, mm-hmm. looking for somebody to love me, because I couldn't love myself. I was beaten, I was battered, I was bruised. I was a mess.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was just trying to find someone to love me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And God always loved me, but I didn't know to the extent that he loved me, until he start, until he had me to write this book.
0: Wow, and and you went through a lot more than just uh, through through your whole life. You went yes. through a whole lot more than just having to forgive, and and you forgave your mother. Yes. At the end, do you, you want to talk about that a, a little bit?
1: Well, um, the it took thirteen years, but once I forgave my mother, she got sick, and when she got sick. I had to go to her house, sell my house, and go and stay with her. Me and my three children mm-hmm. started, and I had to stay with her She was on her back she couldn't do nothing she was a, a you know like a newborn baby because she had a she went into a mm-hmm. coma, and when she came out of the coma, she had brain damage, so I had to take care of her. And then my brother, he ended up getting shot, and he came home, and he was paralyzed from waist down. And I had three children. We was in the three-bedroom. So I had to take care of my mother, which is bed-bound, my brother, which is bed-bound, my three children. And then his three children came along, and myself. And I only had a $686 income coming in a month.
2: Mm.
1: But God did not allow not one of my bills to get cut off. We had two vehicles. I had monies to go to back and forth to school, because I was in school during that time, and take her and him, my brother and my mother, back and forth to the doctor's office. And It's just neighbors would bring food over. I would go to the mailbox. There are monies there, because God provided for me. Yeah. So it was It was a lot. It's And it's a lot in forgiving. It's a lot into forgiving, because... You're bitter. I was bitter. I hated my mother. And hatred is a harsh word, and you shouldn't hate anyone, but I did. I hated her. And I had to turn around and love her. And people say you can forgive, but you can't forget. That's not true. Because when I forgave her and I took care of her for the six and a half years, I did not think about what she did to me, not one time until she apologized, laying on her back.
0: Wow. And it's just like, I was just amazed that. I know that when when you when you uh I got your promotional stuff and you talked about forgiving your mother and I thought that was my, most of the story and like I when I talked about Laura would come in and <laughs> and tell me more things and it was just more and more things that happened to you and you'd more and more people you had to forgive and it was just like amazing and it just started to sound like it just started to sound like the book of Job. I mean, it just, did, did you think of yourself? Did you just identify with Job at any point? <laughs>
1: Well, I want to be honest with you. This was 2016 when God told me to start writing a book. Well, in March of 2017, he put the book of Job in my spirit. I never sat down and read the whole book of Job. I've heard, you know, people talk about it, pastors preaching about it, even read little, you know, scriptures here and there. But when I sat down and read the book of Job, i saw
2: myself mm-hmm. as a joke. yeah mm-hmm. i did but so it
1: was just ironic that you say that because he put that book in my spirit in march of
0: 2017. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i was just like and i was just this week i was uh hearing a podcast and somebody talking about it like a new take on that and i had just something i'd never thought about was just how uh how how you hear about it and it just seems so unfair how job is treated and it's just like your your life is the same way it's just so unfair you you just all of the things that happened to you were unfair and uh and everything that happened to job wasn't really fair and then at the very end like all of the, all of his counselors who just came and they just like dumped on him and then they have to he has to pray for them. Mm-hmm. He has to pray for him at pray the for him. end for God yes. to forgive him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. And then, and it's like rather than God just forgiving him, God makes them go to Job and ask him to forgive him. And, that's right. Uh, mm-hmm. And th- and then he gets blessed because he prayed for him. So then that's just a take I'd never heard before. But anyway, and then then that I, then, then your your story came along like the next day after after I heard the podcast. So
2: sometimes you're. I, oh, go ahead. No, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you um, it, You know, one of the striking things about your book was how you mentioned how other people sometimes interfered as well You were dealing a lot with um, judgments from other people and can you speak to that about how you dealt with that the judgment of other people in these various situations or if they found out like your li- about what you your experiences were and how you dealt with that, that judgment
1: well um, I didn't want to write the book because I felt that it was gonna be a lot of judgment mm-hmm and but God released me from that um, my family a, most a lot of my family members for us on my mother's side a few of them was part of this. They knew what was going on, mm-hmm. but they wanted to pretend like they didn't know what was going on. So they were always have something to say, like saying that I was fast or I was hot because that was that was getting them out of the hot seat. Mm. Because I got very wild. I got very promiscuous. Per- permissive- and so during that time, that's what They were safe oh she's wow she's gotten bad i wasn't Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i was a child that was raped and beat and sold by my family now my mother literally sold me but i had uncles also that he paid them Mm -hmm. as well Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and i have family that that's what they use to get the heat off of them is to say that i was I, I was bad, I was wild. Mm-hmm. That was just to get the heat off of them. But I still loved my family. Mm-hmm. I, I still loved them because they are my family. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't choose who I was, who, what family I was brought into, mm-hmm. but I can choose how I love them. And I did, I still love my family. I still love them to this day. Mm-hmm
2: it was when you wrote the book how did you did you have a lot of feelings come up about the past i mean how did oh, how did you handle that oh when i wrote the book
1: chapter 2 was mm. my worst chapter mm-hmm. because it took me a it took a year to write the book but it took most of half of that to write chapter 2 because mm. when i started writing chapter 2 i thought that i was healed from all of it but it was just suppressed Mm-hmm. So when I start writing chapter two, I have to write some and I have to stop because I'll cry, 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 cry. Mm-hmm. And my husband would console me and say, baby's going to be all right. I was like, yes. But it's like I'm back in that in that situation. It put me back in that situation because I thought I was healed from it. So I had to push through it to get past it, because when you're writing, you have to go back and read it and you have to make. Corrections, then you got to go back and read it again and make so you have to continue to write and rewrite And the more I wrote and rewrote the more I cried But he was delivering it. Mm-hmm. because now I can read the book and read chapter two and I get full, But I don't get overwhelmed mm-hmm.
2: Thank you. Yeah um,
0: Any anything else you want to talk about? Uh
1: <laughs> well, I just want people to know that that did happen to me and it was horrible. But until I forgave my mother and this gentleman, cuz he's a gentleman as God say he's mine. You don't put your mouth on his children. He he take care of his children. So when I speak and people say he's a he's not a gentleman, well mm-hmm. because I'm, I've forgiven him, he is. But he died, and my mother died. Mm-hmm. But God sent me into the room because I was working at the hospital. That he mm-hmm. came in; he had heart problems. And this and he is came a... in, the, the guy that raped and beat me. Right. And he came into; he was in the hospital, and he came up on my handheld for me to draw his labs. And so my heart just dropped
0: because you're working I, this point as.
1: As a phlebotomist. Right. I was working as a phlebotomist at this point. And so I was trying to find someone to draw his labs. I called to the ER and told the young lady if she would let me come down and draw, I would draw all her patients in the ER. she just come and draw this one, and she wouldn't. So I went to the unit that he was on, and I asked the nurse, and she said, no, we don't have a pick line, so you got the drawer. Mm-hmm. So when I went into the room, I introduced myself just like I didn't know him. I asked for his armband so I can identify him and he cursed me out mm-hmm. and so but he let me drew his labs and I left out of there and I was like oh god why did I have to go in there And so, but I thought it was over mm-hmm. two hours later because I never paid attention to the test that I was drawing because I was so scared I was mm-hmm. so nervous and I didn't pay attention that it was a troponin which is a heart test where they draw every two hours mm-hmm. so when it came back up I was I was furious at that point with God. Mm. God, why are you sending me in here to this man? What did I do now? What have I done? And I went in and drew drew him and I had to go get the nurse because he was just really ugly at that point. And she had to stand in there until I finished drawing him. But that same night I had revival. So I went to revival and the pastor actually Prophesized over the pulpit while he was preaching, he said, God said, there's somebody in here? I don't know who it is, but he said, he didn't send you in that room for you. He wasn't punishing you. He sent you in that room to save that soul. Mm, and wow. I just cried and broke down because I knew that God was talking to me. He, he wasn't punishing me. Right. He was wanting him to apologize so he could save his soul. Now, I don't know if he ever repented to God but he never apologized to me and a few weeks later he passed Mm. in the same hospital.
2: Mm. There was a a line in the book uh, where you talked about accepting God but still not being healed. Yes. Can you speak to that at all because I found that very intriguing.
1: Well, I accepted him as he's my father and he's my Lord and Savior but I had not Accepted him to the point where I released it to him Mm -hmm. Where he can Heal me Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't healed I say I love you Lord And I can move on But I I truly didn't move on Because I didn't release it to him Because every time I look back I got bitter in my spirit Mm -hmm. And once I accepted him And truly released it I can look back now and it's no bitterness because I've truly accepted him and released it all to him.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you also described it maybe going to therapy. I, I don't know. It was it was maybe a passing reference. Did you go to therapy? Can yes, I ask? Yes. I actually had <laughs> two breakdowns. Personal. Okay. And
1: um, my first breakdown, I, they put me in on the site ward because they said that, because I said, I I didn't want to live i didn't want to kill myself but i didn't want to live
2: um
1: and so i was there for about seven days and he put me on all this medication Mm -hmm. then i started going to counseling with my pastor and at that time my pastor and this is for me this is not for anyone else it doesn't work for everyone it worked for me and me only Mm -hmm. but my pastor would pastor with me he said tisha you don't need the medication you just need god Mm -hmm. and he told me that after that third session, I went home and fleshed out all the medicine down the toilet, and I've never taken another prescription another day in my life, and I was 25 at that point, and I'm 44 now, so that was for me, though. That's mm-hmm. not for everyone else. Medication does help, but it wasn't for me.
2: Right. I I, I especially enjoyed how your pastor taught you to have a relationship with God. Yes. That's what I mean, like during during your book, you would have the story and then you would have these little like things. And I almost wanted to just take a highlighter and start (laughs) highlighting them because I thought they were really, you know, for everybody, like just like some wisdom for everybody. Can you speak to that about having a personal relationship with God?
1: Well, everyone can tell you what God does for them. But they can't tell you what God do for you until you get a relationship with the Lord. And when you have a relationship with the Lord, you can go and talk to him about anything. You can pray to him. And that's when you talk and I'm praying to him. I stay on my knees even now. I, even sometimes when I'm riding and something come up, I just thank my God. And or I pray and I just be it. At peace with him and I talk to him about everything I don't tell people no more my problems I tell my God my problems Mm -hmm. and when I pray I pray to him about it all and when you start praying to him and start talking to him and start talking to everybody else people just giving you advice they don't know God will talk to you because you know him and people would tell me my grandmothers they would tell me that God loved me but I didn't know that until I started praying and talking to him myself, and I saw him for myself. And how you see him, is you look back on the worst thing that ever happened in your life, and you see that you came through it, and no man brought you through it, no human being, you know it was him. And at that point, you start thanking God, and say, God, thank you, I love you. Now I do wanna be close with you. I wanna tell you everything. I wanna tell you my deepest secrets things that you can't tell no one else, go to God. He will make it right.
2: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Y- you know, I-, I hope you don't mind I ask another question here. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Pardon me, go Greg, ahead. for hoarding in on your podcast. Go um, ahead. You had talked a lot about forgiveness of other people um, and, and at certain points you describe regrets that you had. How did you for- learn to forgive yourself? Or,
1: I asked God to help me, mm-hmm. to help me to heal, because as a child when you're raped and beaten and your parents turn their back on you or family or loved ones the one that's supposed to protect you you start thinking or you start blaming yourself what did i do what did i have on Mm -hmm. you know was it my fault why did i do something why my my mother didn't love me and you start blaming yourself so you start feeling less than a person
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so i had to start talking to my God I can't explain it until you've been in it where you've been where I was at the lowest low and no one was there to pick me up no one was there to encourage me but when I got on my knees and prayed and talked to my God he encouraged me he built me up he strengthened me and I can get up off my knees and smile and say thank you Lord He's sending this chill through my body like, I have you, daughter. Mm-hmm. And I start loving me. He starts showing me how he loved me. And he say, love yourself. And I had to start loving me. And once I start loving me, I can love others. Because a lot of me being bitter is because I was still not loving me. Mm-hmm. I didn't forgive myself because I was thinking I was the cause of everything. And I had to realize that I'm the victim. Hmm. They are the victimizers. Yeah. Hmm. So I can't blame me. I didn't do anything wrong. I was just at a grandmother's house. And he came and I just asked for a coat. They went and got it and when they came back, they threw me in the car and took me. Wow. It's not my fault. So I just had to learn to love me. But I had to look
0: back on what God had brought me through and how He loved me. Mm. And if He can love me, I can love me. Excellent, thank you. Uh, and I think your story—I mean, this is a story that a lot of people haven't been through, like near the tough things you've been through. But I think this is a story that that a lot of people need to hear and that they they can can be encouraged by. That the, and that they need to hear it, that they know that they need to forgive yes. people. Because we all need to do that. Yes. Every one of us needs yes. to forgive somebody.
1: And that's the essence of the book, is that I don't care what you've been through, even families that you've fallen out of a small thing. Right. Don't let your family member leave here. And you have unforgiveness in your heart because we ask God to forgive us how can we ask him to forgive us if we don't forgive those that have come against us
0: Yep. It's,
1: it's not worth leaving here with unforgiveness in your heart you will miss your blessings with unforgiveness in your heart yep. if I would have forgave my mother and I would have beat my mother or had hatred in my heart when i was taking care of her my mother is dead and gone but my blessings wouldn't be where they are now yeah. god allowed me to marry a pastor he allowed me to finish school to get three degrees he allowed me to be administrator of a community he allowed me to be an author of a book and he allowed me to have three wonderful children well, four with my the daughter that my mm-hmm. husband had. We have four together, and three grandchildren. And he has blessed me every day because I forgive every day. Because it's 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 even today, even now, people come against me. I I go to work, mm-hmm. and because of who I am and. I believe in my Lord and I don't accept mediocrity people have a problem with that mm. so they try to do things to hurt me and I know that you know what I pray for them I forgive them and I move on and they look at me like you prayed for me mm. I give you a good example one of my employees she called the state on me mm. I
2: knew
1: she
0: Thanks again to my wife, Laura Axelrod, for guest hosting this week, and thanks to our guest, Tisha Nixon. And be sure to go out and get a copy of her book, Victim to Victory, My Journey from Sex Slavery to Freedom in Christ. We talked a lot this episode, but there's a whole lot in her book that we did not cover, and you will be blessed by reading it. And if you want to hear more about the uh, podcast that I mentioned about Job, that was the Bible Project podcast. The title of the episode was Solomon the Cynic and the Job You Never Knew. And I'll leave a link um, when I share the podcast as well to that. But it's it's the Bible Project podcast and Solomon the Cynic and the Job You Never Knew. Again, uh, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time on the Syncopator Familius Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Syncopator Familius Podcast, copyright 2019 Pharaoh's Drawers Productions. You can download my free ebook, The B Attitudes and Other Spiritual Lessons from Everyday Life, at smashwords.com.